Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Tandem Coaching Academy Skipping Agile Coaching Non-Denominational Podcast. We are your hosts today, Shari Silas and I, Alex Kudnov, and today we have a new smaller with us, and she is a CTCST with Scrum Alliance, and recently she became a CEC and CTC. Great achievement to know. Congratulations. Thank you very much, Alex, and thank you for having me on your podcast. Absolutely, it's a pleasure. Here. So let's start with just kind of maybe telling a little bit to our uh, audience how you got to be CST to start with. Hmm. So that was a long journey for me. I got into training purely accidentally. I had a colleague when I was working at a bank I had a colleague who would do the Scrum 101 for new employees. And she asked me one day to help her, given I was from the product owner world. And she said, hey, can you stop in and help me because my regular partner is not available today. And I told her, I'm not a trainer. And she said, oh, please come help me. And I said, sure, but you owe me. And at the end of the day, I walked away going, oh my God, I have found my calling. This is what I want to be doing. And I, till today, I will tell my friend, I owe you, you've helped me find my calling. So that was my first step into saying training is amazing. And here's the funny thing. My entire family, mom, dad, brother, sister, all teachers. <laughs> I was the only one. Known. That- Oh, so hold on, you, you didn't get doing... any hint, you didn't get any notice? I kept thinking I'm the weird one, you know, I don't have the teaching gene. It just took me many decades to figure out, yep, got the gene. So. And mom and dad were like, she has returned. <laughs> yeah, they were like, so you finally figured it out, huh? What you're meant to be doing. So I, like I said, I was doing a lot of in-house training, loving it. And then due to an acquisition, I got an opportunity to do more. And during that time, I met a certified Scrum trainer. I didn't know anything about the CST at that point. I didn't know what the life of a CST is. Um, And I started asking the CST a few questions. And I said, can I hang out with you? I want to know what a CST means. And his response was, do you want to become one? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. So let me hang out with you. So I kind of shadowed him for a few classes. And then I said, yeah, I think this might be up my, uh, this might be my style, my cup of tea. And I started. And here was the funny thing. I, when I started my journey, I was working at a bank. So the presentation style was heavy PowerPoint, lots of words. I push information to a hundred people in the classroom and they sit there and say, yes, I understand. And I watched one of his classes and went throwing out all my materials, starting over. And every class I taught with any CSD, I went throwing it all out, starting over because every time I learned stuff, my journey was two years. I took it slow. I did not want to rush it. I had some amazing opportunities to train with other people. And by the time I got to the TAC, I felt I was ready. 
I felt it didn't matter whether I got it or not. I was there at the bar set for the CST. And I was thrilled to be there. Uh, so that was my entire journey to get to a CST, which started by pure accident. So. Mm. Well, I think there's something to that accident. Mm -hmm. So, and now it's been six years. Mm -hmm. What makes a new, a successful CST? Oh, what a good question. What makes a new, a successful CST? Um, I think what makes me a good CST is I am, I am looking to help people learn the values and principles and certification is a byproduct. They come to me for certification. And, but that's not what I teach to. I teach by storytelling. And I do a lot of coaching, collect stories, and then come into my training classes. If they wanted to pass a certification, they could read the Scrum Guide and go take a test. They don't need me to tell them there are three roles, five events, and three artifacts. They don't need me to tell them that. What they need me to do is help them understand the importance of having a product owner and why they should be a Scrum Master and why we need cross-functionality and telling them stories. I think what makes me successful is uh, I tell stories and I have fun because if you can't have fun when you're learning, oh my God, what a boring two-day certification class. That is not my style at all. So if you come to my class, you're going to listen to music. You're going to do some scavenger hunts. You might even get up for a bit of time and dance a bit, right? Um, you'll have fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to you hang out with me? You're going to sing and dance and, and learn and share stories because it doesn't matter where you are in your agile journey. We all have stories and we learn from that. Awesome. So lots of fun, really great trainer, lots of success. Everybody loves a new. So why did I new want to be a coach then? So coaching, again, accident, <laughs> lots of accidents, or maybe the universe telling me, wake up. Uh, um, I actually became a really, really good product owner because my scrum master knew how to coach me. And I am a CST today because my scrum master did not give up on me. He coached me to become a good product owner and helped me realize how I could help others. I learned from him and I said, oh my God, you've changed my life. But that was years ago. And then I got into the CST path. And during my training as a consultant, as an agile coach, when I, got, well, I was at an organization, I was doing the standard scrum coaching, setting up teams, and I, I, wasn't, I wasn't connecting. But I, so I knew something was missing. I was doing all the things a coach is supposed to do, but I don't think I realized what a coach is supposed to do. Mm. So it was talking to a couple of CECs and, and watching them and seeing them weave the magic they do effortlessly, or at least it looked effortless, right? From here, I'm sitting going, I'm like, holy cow, how do you do that? I'm like, for me, it takes effort. And that was my first lesson to understand that as a coach, if you're exhausted and you put in so much effort, 
then you have not been in service to your client. You've, you've got to create the container for them because they're the ones who are gonna do the hard work. Our job is to show and hold space. The minute I realized that, the minute I saw that and I got it, that was my shift into saying, I want to become a proper coach. I, and I say proper in air quotes because today everybody's a coach, right? Um, and I, I realized I didn't know anything about coaching. So I read books and I went to classes and I hung on the coattails of people who I thought were good coaches. And the more I learned, the more I knew I don't know anything. <laughs> It's amazing. Like, you know, people tell me, when are you going to stop learning? I'm like, probably the day I die. The more you learn, the more you know you don't know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So for me, it, it was that thing of watching. As a trainer, yes, I can create aha moments in class, transactional. But as a coach, you can actually see somebody transform. And that sustained for me, that is what brings me joy. And I'm like, that's what I want to do. And that's why I shifted into coaching about five years ago, I shifted and it's been another journey. And here I am with the CEC. And here you are with CEC and a proper coach. And a proper coach. Yes, I hope. What is proper coaching giving a nose that she didn't have before? It actually allows me to grow me as well, as well as others. For me, I keep thinking about why am I willing to coach and train in a week when I'm doing both and my days are packed. Training can be actually mentally exhausting because you're trying to make sure everybody learns the right thing. In coaching, there is no right thing. What happens is what happens. And it's the it, it's that, that, that beauty of whatever happens there. I think that gives me some kind of joy and fulfillment that training doesn't. It's, it's not this or this. They're two different things. I couldn't compare being a trainer and a coach and tell you which one is better because they both have such strong um, influences on my fulfillment. Um, but I know that coaching is that long-term sustainable thing. That's what I want. I want to be able to help people over a course of time so that they can impact their lives rather than say, check, I got a certif certification. Mm. Yeah. So great impacts to you. Kudos. Mm -hmm. And I would love to understand um, what's been the actual impact to your clients? What are some stories of success? Um, so I, oh my God, I mean, you know, I, and that's, I wasn't expecting half the stories that I heard back, which is, um, makes it more impactful. So I had a client who basically after six months, they told me, um, I was actually able to stand up for myself and go talk to my boss and ask for a salary that I should be getting. And I'm like, I did that? And they said, yes, 
you did that. I'm like, actually, no, you did that. You went and asked for the question. They said, but if you hadn't, you had, and the statement she made was, if you hadn't given me the courage, I said, and I didn't give you the courage. She said, but you did something that allowed me to go do this. And I'm, and she said, I love that. I feel I'm becoming a different person. And my team is seeing that I'm becoming a different person. My team is seeing that I'm more confident. Um, and, and this is a team manager who is a woman. So she goes, in my organization, it's, it's not, it's very male oriented. It's a traditional organization. So it's hard to step up and go negotiate for a good salary. And I did. And she said, it was because of what you had worked with me that allowed me to do that. I mean, that, I was smiling for a whole day after that. Um, I had a leader who, who was a C-level executive who after some coaching, he told me, he said, I realized that I was not being a good role model to my people. I thought I was, but I realized that the, by doing the things I was doing, I was putting pressure on my people to keep up and do what I did. So I said, what do you mean? He said, so for example, sometimes at night after dinner, I would send them, send out an email. And it was conversations with you that made me realize when I work after hours, people think I expect them to work after hours, regardless of what I say. So there's been so many shifts in my behavior as to how I show up as a leader. And that role model has helped impact my organization. So those are just a couple of things. And I just love hearing those stories. Yeah, those stories are fascinating. And it seems like you are pulling stories from traditional organizations and changing people in traditional organizations. So, mm -hmm. uh, and I want to kind of get to what we talked before our podcast, mm -hmm. back to Scrum Alliance. So mm -hmm. um, you are the first Indian woman CST, CEC, and CTC, congratulations again. Thank you. However, putting that into perspective, we talked about that Scrum Alliance has 273 CTCs, of which only 31 are women. So it makes mm. around 11%. Yep. Moreover, uh, the women of color are a meager 1.8%. Yeah. Of five of them. Which some people might say, well, it makes you very unique. Mm. But then what's your take on that? What is it like for you to be in this organization? So let me tell you my first experience when I became a CST the first time. This was in Prague. Um, and right after the interviews and TAC interviews on Sundays when we have our trainer and coach retreat, I was super excited to go there. I'd heard about the TCC retreat and I was super excited to be now in the in crowd and go there. I walked into this um, retreat and we were sitting in a circle for open space. I was looking around, there were 50 people, trainers and coaches who were sitting in that circle. There were four women. There was one person of color, that was me. And I looked around and I'm going, how are we going to transform the world of work 
within this room does not represent the world. If you want to change the world, you got to get representation happening because we don't understand what's happening with people. Like this client of mine I talked about, she didn't know how to go up and ask for a salary raise. That's a fact of life for most women. For people of color, it's, there are even more things that we have to deal with. So when I look at that, I actually right then and there, I remember walking up to the Strom Alliance uh, CEO at that time and saying, I wanna do something about the diversity. I wanna increase diversity. And it's not just about women or women of color, it's any diversity. Around the world, look at the globe. We wanna represent the world. We want agile values and scrum as a framework to go around the world. You gotta get the world engaged in the framework. And you cannot do that by just having white men doing the work. You gotta have all kinds of people engaged in that. So is Scrum Alliance a healthy representation? Absolutely not. Are they working on it? Very slowly, slower than I would like them to be, but I think there are people who are getting engaged and getting involved and speaking out about stuff. Um, and actually some of them are doing something to change that. So I am excited to look forward. Uh, doesn't matter where we were five years ago. I want to look at where we will be five years from now. And I do not want to have the same conversation with you, Alex, five years from now. I want to be able to say the number went up from 5% or from five people or 11% that we made a change. That's what I, that's what I want to be talking about in five years. So what are some of the things you're doing that's making that change? So I get, as a CST and as a TAC member, I get a lot of people reaching out to me to say, can I co-train with you? And while, yes, I'm happy to co-train with people, I want to encourage women, uh, people of diversity, people of color to get to that guides community. So over the past two years, I've created a mentoring group. And I, at to date, I have 13 people in there. It's a large group and uh, I'm starting to have to create a wait list because I'm like, I can't handle more than 13 at a time. We meet once a month. I help them practice for the TAC. I help them identify other CSTs to co-train with because most CSTs, if you do a cold call, they say, I don't know you, I'm not gonna react. But if I say, hey, I know this candidate, would you be willing to co-train? I have co-trained with them and they are ready for another co-train. So I'm trying to connect these candidates with CSTs who are willing to co-train. I am mentoring them through their application process. I'm mentoring them through their um, tax simulation. I'm creating a space for them to peer mentor as well. So they help each other. They talk to each other and say, hey, can you check out my personal statement and give me feedback? So that's one thing. That mentoring circle is, is I'm very proud of the space it's created. Um, and like I said, I have a wait list. So my one condition for people to join the mentoring circle, one requirement, they have to meet the prerequisites for a CST. But the one requirement is they got to pay it forward. My goal is 
in 2022, one of them is going to become a CST by then, and they will take over the circle and I will be their support and on and, and I will create the next group and the next group and we'll build circles within circles. So that's one thing. The other thing I'm we've just recently started doing is I did a talk last year on gender parity and uh, Daphne Harris from scrum.org who heads up the PST program. She was in the audience and then she reached out to me. She goes, hey, I'm trying to increase the number of women as scrum trainers. Would you like to chat? I'm like, yes. Now we are competing organizations. So it took her, you know, it was powerful for her to reach out. And I, we started talking and I told her, I do this mentoring circle. She goes, oh, I, I wanna do something similar. And then we decided to create an initiative called Agile Bridges. So Agile Bridges is an initiative which is powered by women scrum trainers. We did an event just before the International Women's Day um, on, in March. We had about 38 people in this group. We had an open space. We talked about what is stopping them from moving ahead? What are their impediments? How can we help them? And we're gonna continue this initiative forward by getting Scrum Alliance and Scrum.org to help us make it more visible, give us potentially some platform to help them uh, create opportunities for them to show up. A lot of CSTs don't get through because they don't have community involvement. So how can we make space for you to talk at conferences and mentor you to speak at Agile 2021 or the next Scrum gathering? How can we do stuff? So I'm very proud of that. It was, it was two people talking and now it's within three weeks it went to 40 people. And I'm super excited about that. Um, I don't know where it's gonna go, but I'm, with the, the women who are in the little organizing team, man, they're a powerhouse. So I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. So those are two of the things that I'm working on. It's funny you're referring to them powerhouse. You are a powerhouse. So now you have 40 powerhouses. Yes. Can you imagine what is much than one powerhouse? Yes. What a time power. So, uh, and you heard from, from these women, you, you, you heard from people of color. Uh, so what is stopping them? What is not there that uh, allows them to, to express themselves fully, to blossom into success that you are? Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's a, a cool question. Um, I think it is, um, it is opportunities. I, I am blessed. I was in the right time, right space, right time, right people who gave me opportunities, who said, oh, look, I'm opening the door for you, walk through. Not everybody gets that lucky and blessed. Um, I want, I think a lot of these people say, but I'm not getting opportunities to speak at conferences because nobody, they don't take my um, abstracts. Okay, let me help you create a kick-ass abstract so that you have an opportunity to get in. Or I can reach out to different meetups I know and say, hey, 
So-and-so is a fantastic speaker. Why don't you give them an opportunity? It's about opening doors. And um, women, I, I, my, my belief, I think women by their nature, most, not all of them, they're hesitant to be aggressive because if we are aggressive, we are not called aggressive, we are called different words. When men are aggressive, they're coolly aggressive and they're powering through stuff. When women are aggressive, we are called other words. So how can I help them be aggressive and yet push forward? For me, I think that's what stops most of these women because they knock at doors and nobody opens and they go, all right, I'm out. And they go back to what they were doing. And I'm going to refuse to let them back away. So for those who are listening, who say, yes, I believe in this. I want to try to help push people forward, especially women, especially um, people of color. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, yeah, but I don't know where to find these people. I don't know what to do short of saying, hey, who wants a free class? Yeah. So what then? So if you're looking for people to help, if you're looking to help people and you say, I want to help more women advance as scrum masters or product owners or whatever, um, send me an email. I will connect you to people. I will take all the emails you can send me. I, like I said, Agile Bridges is a group of amazing women who are looking for opportunities so that we can open up doors for them. You got a door that you can open, point me to it. I will, I will send you a bunch of amazing women who can walk through it and will make you very proud. Um, if you are a CST, reach out to me. I have many people who are looking for co-training mentors and co-training opportunities or feedback on their application. You wanna give me some time? I don't want you to give me a free class. Give me five hours of your time so you can sit with the CST candidate and help them with their application, with their training skills. Give them feedback on that's not a good approach. Give them feedback on classroom management, on student engagement. Give me your time. You are a CEC or a CTC just like I am. I just had a chat with Cherie. I am going to nominate three women to the CTC. And I'm trying to get more women to nominate them to CEC. This is all costing me time. It costs me nothing but time. And time is one thing that's more precious than anything you can give me. So give me your time. So time is precious and I'm pretty sure people will hear that and they will come forward. So I, 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 want, I want to ask you about something a little bit different. So um, we talked about nominating people for CTC and CEC, right? And um, so I'm curious there, you, you yourself went this, through this journey and it's been a long one. Mm -hmm. So why would anyone knowing how long it was for you uh, would even step on that journey? Because the other side of this journey is an amazing you. Is an amazing you that can, you wanna help transform the world world of work or just the world, you got to transform yourself first. Charity begins at home. You got to start with you. 
So I am now, you said, oh, but you're a powerhouse. I am a powerhouse because I went through that journey. I did the hard work. I did the classes. I did the coaching. I did the training. I have a coach who kicks my ass every two weeks. Whenever I fall down, she kicks my ass and says, get back right up and pushes me. I have, still have mentors. That's why you should do this journey because you are going to be amazed at the person who comes out at the other end. And the world needs those people. Mm-hmm. So, and I agree with you on that. Um, definitely professional coaching is our specialty. And then there's, um, there's another side of, uh, of the kind of uh, this uh, opinion or another opinion that uh, professional coaching is not enough for coaches. And we just released uh, Best Agile Articles of 2020. Yes. And what, yeah, it was it was good, good effort. Uh, so and one of the kind of um, one of the big articles there uh, was basically saying that the the trend in uh, pushing a lot of professional professional coaching on CTC and CEC candidates uh, is is wrong. What's your take on that? I I wouldn't call it wrong. I would say it has to be equal part agile, equal part professional coaching. You may be a fantastic agilist but not have a single clue of how to help coach people or leaders or product owners. So you need the professional coaching skills to be able to help people. And if you just have professional coaching skills and you don't have a clue what a product owner is supposed to do, because sometimes I was just talking to somebody else and they were talking about coaching versus soft coaching slash mentoring. So you kind of, blur those things. You got to know some of this stuff to be able to help them. So I think if you are going to want to coach a team, for example, a scrum team, I think you need both. You need your agile knowledge and you need the coaching knowledge. Um, And attending a CSM does not mean you have a coaching knowledge. I also want to make that clear. I see a lot of people who come into an ACSM with me and go, that's coaching? I've never, I've, what? I've never done that. Exactly. And now do you see the impact that can have on your team? Now that you know a little bit of coaching. Imagine what you could do at a sprint retrospective if you could coach your team to talk and collaborate and identify phenomenal things to do forward. Imagine what you could do if you could coach a team leader to not micromanage the team and allow them to self-organize and shift your own pattern from manager to leader. Imagine what you could do as a scrum master, as a coach. I think there's power in both. Um, Yes, I've also heard that, oh, here come the professional coaches. Uh, I've actually had a student in a Cal class who actually told me, I don't wanna hear any of your mumbo jumbo, tree huggy professional coaching stuff. And I'm like, I sat there going, why are you in my class then? And he said, well, I want the certification. I'm like, after this, I don't think I'm going to certify you. I'm not good just because you, I'll return your money. Said, well, I'll go get a class somewhere else. Knock yourself out. 
<laughs> it's like interesting. So I'm I'm trying to remember when last time I did tree hugging in professional coaching, and it's the answer it, is never. <laughs> exactly, and th there's this impression out there that if you're a professional coach, you just hold hands and hug each other and sing kumbaya, and that's it. That's all you do, and you get paid a ton of money. I'm like, no, there, there's effort that goes in there. There's this structure that you have to build. It's not just, oh yeah, I can listen. I'm a coach. No, that's not how that happens. So you, I think you need to do both. And that's why this, when you get to the CTC and the CEC level, I, I love the fact that one of the, some of the requirements are, do you know some professional coaching um, skills and competencies? And I think that's critical especially if you're trying to shift organization mindset. You can't just walk in there with a scrum knowledge. You got to have some coaching knowledge there. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Did I answer your question? Okay. I'm like, did I say yes or no? I'm like, yeah, I think they need to be, both have to be strong. Yeah. So we talked a lot about the work you're doing to get women into the CST realm. So how do we get more women and underrepresented people into the CEC and CT, CTC room? So I think there are two avenues there. One, if you're already an amazing coach and you've been there, done that, and all you need is somebody to nominate you, reach out. I'll figure out what I can do to help you. If you are now going, huh, I wanna be what you are doing, I want to become a CTC and I don't know how. Reach out. I And I'm going to talk a little bit about what Cherie and I talked about yesterday. We have a dream. We have a dream where we can bring in people who want to get to the CTC and the CEC path. And we want to help them get, learn and grow with us, not in a two-day class, but more in a two-year journey and help you get not just the professional coaching certifications, but also the scrum coaching certifications. And so that's, I think I would say that, come talk to us about what's our dream and it, can you be part of the start of that dream? So help us kick it off. So if you are looking for, how do I start this journey to become a CTC? Send us an email and we'd be happy to tell you what, what our plan is, where we want to go. As Shiri put it in the email to me, our plan to rule the world. <laughs> there you go. Wonder Woman, female power to the rescue. That's what it is. <laughs> it's um, it's going to be really exciting to be able to work with you and in, in just cracking this thing wide yes. open and helping all people yeah. move up in their career absolutely and being representatives of hey you know what we're women and yeah. we're at the top of this field and we can do this exactly. otherwise we can do it too exactly you know there's um one of the things i've been uh, even with the agile bridges people keep talking about women need to break the glass ceiling uh, there's a different phenomena that i'm focusing on you need to fix the broken rung the broken rung is the first step of the ladder. You can't, if you don't get on the first step, you're not gonna be up there to break the glass ceiling. So how do we shore up those rungs of the ladders so women can climb? 
people can climb, people of diversity, people of diverse backgrounds. How do we get, how do we fix that broken rung to help them climb up? Because if you have a whole bunch of people up there, that glass ceiling has no choice to except to shatter. So how do we build that? Yeah. And that's what I am excited to work with you, Sheree, on me when I when I talk to you about what we want to do, I see that broken rung being fixed and shored up and made real sturdy so people can step up and move up so that we have more people to break the glass ceiling. Yeah. And you know, talking about this broken rung and people coming in and we're going to get nominations. I want to take a yeah. quick step back yeah. before <laughs> we have a free-for-all craze. Just because there's a nomination path doesn't mean it's just as quick as an email, right? We're, we're going to work with you to do the work. Yeah. So it's still a journey. You, yes. you have to have the expertise. You have to do the work. And we will hold your, your, you know, hold your hand along the way, walk with you along the way, point you in the right direction, help you get the education you need. Um, so the professional coaching education, which is where tandem coaching is and where that's our strong suit. And then the agile education, which is where um, I knew you are in your strong suit. And we do the agile education too, but it's marrying these two things together at senior positions, mm -hmm. senior level um, training and mentoring so that when you come out the other side, you'll be ready to, to either have us nominate you or fill in the application and go for it yourself. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, powerhouse notwithstanding, it took me my own journey to get through nomination. Mm. Just because I'm known in the community or I'm a CST did not make CEC a cakewalk. I had to follow the process, get through the nomination, do the hard work, and actually make sure I was ready for it. Yeah. So doesn't matter who you are. Can you get there? Yes. Will you get there tomorrow morning? Probably not. But we will be with you. We will st stand with you as you go through your journey. So um, you've been working on it for quite some time alone. Now you have these 40 small powerhouses that hopefully will magnify the success. What help do you need from Scrum Alliance? I don't know quite yet. Uh, so we had our first event a couple of weeks ago. And we, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to meet with the small group of five women and Daphne, who we came together to put that event up. We're going to meet together and we're going to review it in open space. We got lots of feedback on what help people need. So we need to kind of process that and digest all that and create and ask. So I'm not ready at this point to say what I need, but I think we want to be able to, at the end of that meeting, I want to be able to come out and ask from Alliance for, I don't know, is it a platform? Is it space to create speaking opportunities? It is some financial funding to get them some training. I don't know what it is, but it is coming. And by, um, this is March. So by middle of April, I will have a good idea of 
What it is, what is it that the women in that group need? And these women are not just based in the US. We had people from all over the world. The only place that was not represented was Australia because of the time zone just didn't work out. But we had people from North America, South America, all over Europe, from India, from all from Philippines. I mean, it was an amazing space for women to share their stories and talk about um, how do you show up and how do you, uh, the, the theme for the International Women's Day was choose to challenge. And they, their, our theme was choosing to challenge the status quo. Mm -hmm. How do we shift something? And it, it was amazing to hear their stories. And I will know more in April. Awesome. Well, so, so Scrum Alliance is an organization. Great. Want them to get involved. Mm -hmm. Want Scrum.org definitely to get involved mm -hmm. also. Mm -hmm. But my bigger question for you is there's over 270 PST, uh, CSTs in the world. There's over 250 and there's over 150 certified coaches. Yep. What help do you need from those people. Mm. So if I look at, so there are different different groups here. I'm trying to uh, separate them out. So the CST mentoring circle could use help with mentoring. Do you have a couple hours to come hang out and talk to my group? Do you have a hour to come and spend with somebody to give them feedback on their CSM class materials. It's, there are only three, there, there are only so many ways to teach the Scrum framework, right? So it's not about IP or anything. If somebody is teaching the wrong thing, can you give them feedback on, again, going back to time, feedback on how to be a better trainer, how to be a better Agilist. For the Agile Bridges, do you have an opportunity for an amazing young woman to come speak? Do you, want, do you have space for an amazing young woman to come and do a webinar for you? Reach out. I got 40 of them waiting for opportunities. They would love to get some uh, space and recognition for what they have already achieved. Yeah. So I'm going to get really real right now. Yeah. So we're talking about diversity. Um, and I know that I heard a story from you about walking in to a room full of high-level coaches mm -hmm. um, and you being the only one that looked like you. Yep. And then later, much later. Two years later someone saying what was that like for you yeah. um yeah let's crack that open and see what's there for yeah. us so that was I, I i honestly i didn't realize in the moment that that was weird because it's been like that for 30 years i've been in this country for over 30 years it's been like that most of the places that i go to i, I my most of my career has been in financial industry, banks. <laughs> so not, not too many people who look like me, um, at least not back in the 90s. Now, yes, there are a few more, 
So I'm so used to that, that it didn't even, I didn't realize it was weird. And I realized after a little bit of time saying, so all the examples and all the stories they're talking about their childhood, it makes no sense to me because my childhood was so different. I, you know, people were talking about how they'd never seen a person of color before they were X years old. I'm like, where do you live? It, it was, and it's not good or bad. It's just their facts of life. And it, and a lot of times they didn't know how to relate or talk to me because I look different. They were like, is she going to be weird Indian? No, I could be weird American. You just need to actually come talk to me. The few people who reached out and were talking, they get, my God, you have such an interesting life. I'm like, yeah, like yours, very similar. You need to ask. And recently one of somebody in that group actually told me, said something, they said, you know, an amazing thing happened. I was in another group and there was this one woman who was of color and I asked her, hey, you're the only person of color in this room. How's that sitting with you? And she looked at me and she said, I don't know, was that the right thing to do? I'm like, absolutely. She goes, I don't know, was I, was I calling out that she was the only one? I said, no, you gave her a lifeline. You were the only one in the room who gave her a lifeline to say, when things get really awkward and uncomfortable, I'm going to look around the room and find you and go, hey, friend, remember when you asked me, how is this sitting with me? It's not. Help. You just gave her a lifeline. And she goes, and she went, none of us gave you one when you came into the group two years ago. I'm like, nope. She goes, oh my God. I said, and just to let you know, none of you still have. 2020 has been a crazy year. You still haven't called out the fact that I am the only person of color in, in the entire group. Uh, this group decided to <laughs> have monthly conversations about the problem of race in this country. And they invited all the people in there and they said, can we talk to you ahead of time just to make sure we're not stepping in on a landmine? I'm like, yeah, sure. And we had conversations and I was talking to them about, you know, uh, when I go into a store, I always ask for a receipt. And my husband never does. My husband's white. And the first time he realized that I always ask for a receipt, he was getting annoyed. Why do you ask for a receipt? I'm like, oh, you're with me. I don't need a receipt. He goes, what do you mean? I said, when I'm alone, I always ask for a receipt because I never know. I'm, a, I'm the one who stopped. So as I was talking to these people, they said, oh my God, it would be great if you could share all these stories and help educate. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to attend your calls. They said, why not? I said, <laughs> I have a job. I'm a teacher, I'm a coach. Middle of the day, I'm in class. So I'm not gonna be able to attend your race conversations. And they said, well, so the only person of color in the group can attend the talk about color? I'm like, yep. And they went, oh my God, we need to change that. And I'm like, so just re remember, 
you made an assumption that I would be there. Did you make the same assumption about everybody else in the group? And they went, no. I'm like, but you expected me to show up. So it's, and I'm not angry. I'm, I'm not even frustrated anymore. I am, it just is. People don't know how to approach this stuff. And so in the lack of knowing what to do, either they do nothing or they do something like this and go, okay, we're never going to do this again. No, just come ask a question, right? It, and I told them, as they said, then they asked me, when we, can you attend? I'm like, at this time. So we moved all the meetings and I'm showing up and we're having a good conversation. But it's amazing how many people are dealing with something similar where, um, you know, somebody talked to me about, you know, we, we expected you to dance without inviting you to the dance. I'm like, yeah, you assumed I would show up and dance when you didn't even give me an invitation. Um, so it's, um, it's, it's interesting how many of these experiences have come to life in the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know, I think the more we, more people get aware of what is it that they are doing or not doing or how they are doing it, maybe something will change for my grandchildren's lifetime. Well, I certainly hope so. I hope so too. And so I'm going to get even more real. So um, I have an interracial family, have for 30 years. Um, you know that. Many other people may not know that. Yeah. And so, yes, I've seen that side of it. Yeah. I've seen when the police pull you over and I'm driving and I'm like, why are you pulling me over? I was not speeding. You're lying. And my husband's like, oh, God, please stop. Please yeah. stop. I don't want to go to jail today. Please stop. He would have never done that. And he was yeah. a police officer. He would have just said, yes, sir, give me the ticket. So my, my question around that is, or my statement is that even though I've, I've lived just a small little piece of this life, because I, I still don't even understand, yeah. right? After 30 years, five children of color. And yet I find myself in a place where I'm like, I want to do something and I'm so afraid that if I step out and say, hey, white girl over here, <laughs> what can I do? I'm going to get the, yeah, just keep waving your hand. You don't really mean it reaction. And so those who legitimately want to help, like me, like, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how. Tell me how. How do I step out, crack the door open and say, I'm on your side. Yeah. I'm to help. Yeah. So, I, and I, that's a that's a fantastic question. All of last year, given what's happened in our country, I've had lots of people ask me, "How can I support you?" I'm like, "Why do I need support? Why is it suddenly you realize I need support? I need support. I'm good." And I realized halfway through last year that it was that. I'm on your side, help me. And I was so 
um, I was so tightly wound that I was like, back off. I don't need your support. I'm good. Now you realize you can help me. So there was a lot of that, what? Get away from me stuff attitude. And it was a conversation with actually my daughter that made me go, huh. So I know that I want to help and I know you want to help. So how do we open up spaces? And for me, it's about not the grand gesture, but it's what I call the micro do's. So what's the, what's the next right thing for you to do to help somebody? Uh, don't ask, like somebody said, I don't want to ask somebody to relive their experience. Don't. Ask somebody, go ask somebody who you care for, how can I make your life better today? What can I do? What's one thing I can do to help you be you? How can, like I was telling you earlier, I'm sometimes scared to walk through the airport by myself because of the way I look. And I'm like, oh, what if, what if they don't believe I'm an American because I don't look like a white American? Um, I, somebody asked me, I said, so walk with me through the airport. Give me the courage to be who I need to be. Um, I don't need you to fix my problems for me. I need you to stand by me while we fix our problems. It's not my problem. It's not your problem. It is our problem. I cannot fix it by myself, neither can you. So have a conversation with somebody who you know is a person of diversity, whatever they're, whatever makes them diverse, doesn't matter, right? And ask them, so how can I help you be you? What can I do to help? And it's not about, I read a book, good for you. Uh, I listened to the podcast and it was awesome, fantastic. What are you gonna do with it? Did you walk up to, I have a lot of CSTs who say, well, you know, we give free seats to, uh, underrepresented people like you really want to do something walk into a predominantly black university offer to do a free class for their business students or whatever students do a free csm it's two days it's time it's not about can you give me money nobody wants a handout can you give me your time go mentor somebody if you want to ask somebody like what this, this person I was saying, when you see that there is this one person in the room who is different, go give them a, be their lifeline. Be their lifeline and say, hey, this is weird, isn't it? And it's not about, I notice you are the sole black person in the room. It's not about that. It's about, so this is weird. Be their friend, be there for them so that when that moment comes, when they can either step up or sit down, they're gonna look at you and go, ah, you got my back, right? I'm gonna step up. That's what you can do. That doesn't take anything except your time and awareness of what's happening around you. And if you have a best friend, right? Shuri, you have a family that experiences this. Share their stories. The first time I told people I'm scared to walk through an airport, they go, what? Why? I'm like, because of this. I don't look like you. 
Oh, and I used to actually plan my driving trip from Philadelphia to Ohio, where my brother used to live there. I would have to plan my trip so that I did not have to stop at certain rest areas after dark. And they went, why? I'm like, again, because of this. It, we get to do things that normal people, white people don't get to do. And it's, it's just become part of life now. So ask me how you can help me change that default behavior that has become my skin. Thank you. I know very powerful and very simple message and I cannot express how much I appreciate that. And I'm grateful for your coming and talking to us today. And what I wish for you is to have absolutely endless stash of fuel for that powerhouse so that it powers you through 2021 and beyond Mm -hmm. and brings a lot of success to your life and to the life of people who you're touching. Thank you, Alex. That's a beautiful wish. This has been uh, Tandem Coaching Academies, Keeping Agile Non-Denominational Podcast. And we were your hosts today, Sharice Alice and I, and we had Anu Small with us. Bye now. Bye.